Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 23, to grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Come to church with a ready heart, and then when you leave, the Bible says that we are to go and search the scriptures to see if these things are so. You are never, ever, ever to come to church and and just receive what I say and then go away and start quoting what I say. It is a grievous thing when people can tell you more about what I said or what Bishop said, and they can't tell you what the word of God says. That's not good. That's not good. That's not good. That's, That's a problem. Yes, come and be ready. Yes, the Bible gives us church teachers and and, and authority in the church. But see, these teachers are not the authority. The word of God is the authority. Amen, saints? And these men in our text, they set themselves up in positions of authority and ministry, even though God didn't call them there. False leaders have no authority. Point number two, false leaders have no integrity. Notice what Jesus says in verse three. Look at it again in your Bibles. Whatever they tell you to do, do it. But don't do what they do. You see that? Jesus says, listen, what they teach. Listen, what they teach, do it. But what they do, don't do it. Why? Because the authority, the power of the word of God is not dependent on the vessel. You know, God can use a donkey. And many times he does. To teach his word. So even if the person speaking from the pulpit platform is a hypocrite and not doing what God's word says. We are to listen to what God's word says and become obedient to God's word because truth is truth no matter who it's coming out of. Truth is true. Listen, two plus two equals four. No matter whether it's coming out of the mouth of a Christian or the mouth of a heathen. The fact is, truth is truth. Let God be true. Every man a liar. God is always true. His word is always true. So Jesus is simply telling them, he's saying, listen, I don't approve of what they're saying, but we must obey because it is the word of God. So Jesus says, listen to what they tell you. But don't do what they do because they are false leaders who lack integrity. Number three, false leaders have no compassion. Look at it again in your Bibles in verse four. Not only were they hypocritical, but they were absolutely unsympathetic and uncaring toward the people to whom they were committed to serve. They bind heavy burdens on people and they put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one finger. You see, in Jesus' day, it was really common to see a donkey loaded down 
to the point of breaking, to the point of stumbling and struggling under a heavy load. Very common. It's also very common to see someone walking right beside that heavy, loaded, laden down donkey, and that person isn't carrying anything. They're not lifting one finger to help that donkey. It's very possible that as Jesus was preaching, there's a donkey and a heavy loading, laid down oxen or whatever is walking by with a heavy load. And this guy is just walking by with him and he's not lifting one finger to help. And Jesus says, you see that? Yeah, we see it. They're like the Pharisees. They, They are just walking along, laying heavy loads and heavy burdens on people, but they're not lifting one finger to help. They have heavy weights of rules and regulations and rituals, but they won't lift a finger to help in any way. You see, to the Pharisees, having a relationship with God was heavy. Having a relationship with God was burdensome. And to many people today, how sad it is, but many people in their Christianity, having a relationship with God is burdensome. Having a relationship with God is heavy to many people. And then the church, they're telling them, you're not doing enough of this and you're not doing enough of that. And it's heavy and it's negative. Listen, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Christianity should never, ever, ever feel burdensome and heavy. Never. That's not Jesus. That's not the Lord. And if your Christianity is burdensome and heavy, heavy, Something's wrong. Something's very wrong. Because Jesus died so that it wouldn't be heavy. And the Bible says, to whom the sun sets free is what, saints? Free indeed. Jesus died to set you free. Jesus died that we might be free from the burden of sin and the burden of guilt and the burden of doing and the burden of rituals and the burden of the law. Hey, serving Christ is a wonderful thing. It's a happy thing. And Psalm 144, verse 15 says, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Jesus celebrated life. Did you know that? He celebrated life and he celebrated so much that they accused him of being a wine bibber and a gluttonous man. Because Jesus had fun. Jesus wasn't under some heavy yoke and some heavy bondage. You know, many people think that Christianity is about a bunch of rules. I don't smoke or chew or hang around people who do. It's a bunch of rules. You know, don't have fun. Don't you dare enjoy life. Wipe that smile off your face. You're a Christian. You know, people don't do this and you can't wear this and you can't wear that. And don't laugh and don't wear makeup. Don't get your hair did. Done. You know, there was a time in church where if you got your hair done, if you wore makeup, if you looked nice, they considered you a Jezebel. You're just a harlot. True. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There was a whole time in church if you so much as wore red fingernail polish, I kid you not, this is ridiculous. If you wore red fingernail polish, ladies, if the guys wore it, it was a whole nother issue, but... (laughs) But, (laughs) all right, if you're wearing nail polish, fellas, see me at the service. We can help you. Because you're free, man. You just don't know it. 
Somebody say amen. So, so now listen, if, you, if you've fixed up anything, if you look nice at all, you're just a Jezebel. That's the way people would look. You, you couldn't do anything. You know, just the other day, somebody said, you know, Pastor Rodney, can a Christian drink wine? I said, well, Jesus did. They said, yay. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, yeah. You know, this reminds me of a story. <laughs> hey, listen to this. This Southern Baptist minister was completing this sermon on, on temperance. And you know they say when a preacher is pounding the pulpit about sin, that's usually the thing that he struggles with, okay? But, but listen to this. This Southern Baptist, y'all said amen way too loud on that one. That was, that was over the top, man. All right, now, now this Southern Baptist minister was completing this sermon on temperance. And uh, with great emphasis, he said, if I had all the beer in the world, I'd take it and I'd pour it into the river. With greater emphasis, he said, and if I had all the wine in the world, I'd take it and pour it into the river. And then he finally, shaking his fist in the air, he said, if I had all the whiskey in the world, I'd take it and I'd pour it into the river. Well, he completed his sermon. He sat down. Well, the worship leader stood up and said, for our closing song, let us sing hymn number 365, Shall We Gather at the River? (laughs) You know, now come on now, I'm not talking about, I'm I'm not saying that Christians should be drunk because the, the, the Bible says that Christians shouldn't be drunk. The Bible says that we are to be filled with the Spirit, not filled with liquor. Say amen. You don't want to be drunk. Now, Pastor Rodney, can Christians get drunk? No. Because you got to be careful. The very thing that you have liberty to and that you have freedom in, can Christians drink wine? Yeah, Jesus drank wine. Okay, fine. But the very thing that you have liberty in and the very thing that you have freedom in, you must be careful because it's that very thing that offers you freedom and liberty can also entrap you and ensnare you, can also enslave you. You got to be careful. I'm free. I praise God. I am free to do whatever it is, I mean, within biblical boundaries, what I want to do. But I also have the freedom now not to. You understand? Because I'm not a slave to sin, and neither are you. Because to whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You see, you're free. And when you're free, you're free. You're free not to. Now you don't have to. I don't have to get drunk. I don't have to be enslaved and become an alcoholic. Can I have a glass of wine? I guess you can, but you want to be careful that the very thing that your freedom offers you can also enslave you. That's what Paul said when he said, all things are lawful to me, but all things are not expedient. It's not good. It could be really, really bad. You see? So we are free in Christ. We're free to walk with the Lord. You know, I was talking to a couple just Thursday night at, at, at dinner, and we were talking about the, and, you know, just this legalism. And they were telling me that they, that they had come out of a church here recently, and they, they started attending here at Calvary Chapel, and they said that they did not know that they were even under this bondage of legalism until they came into an environment of grace. 
And they said when they got in the environment of grace, then they start saying, man, I was under legalism. Man, I was under a burden and I was under a heavy yoke of bondage. Let me tell you, if you if you don't attend here at Calvary Chapel and you're just maybe just here hunting for a church today and first time here or you're going home, you're from out of town. Let me tell you something. Find yourself a church that teaches the grace of God. Find yourself. And listen, if they never preach the grace of God, then don't misunderstand me. Every week you can't teach the grace of God because there's more stuff in the Bible than the grace of God. But find a church that they believe and teach the grace of God. There are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of churches that are afraid to teach the grace of God because they say you can't teach God's grace because if you do, the people will go out and sin it up. So I'm not going to teach grace. Listen, scary problem. Because if they're not teaching God's grace, then I can guarantee you, listen, listen close. If they're not teaching God's grace, then you will find a church that is walking in a legal relationship with God. And God does not want you to walk in a legal relationship with him. He wants you to walk in a love relationship with him. He wants you not to because you love him. I don't do what I do because I love him. I don't go where I shouldn't be going because I love him. I'm not under law. I don't not do it. Because the Bible says don't do it, you better not, sinner. I don't feel that at all, at all. I don't do what I don't do because I love him, because I understand that his grace isn't license. I understand that his grace is freedom, not license. You see, I'm walking in a loving relationship, not a legal relationship. Well, these guys, they put burdens on the people, but they refused to lift one finger to help bear that burden. They had no compassion. Point number four, false leaders taking notes, had no spirituality. Notice in verse five, verse five is actually the key to the whole chapter. They do these things to be seen of men. They use religion to attract attention and not to glorify God. And people do that today. They use religion to attract the attention of men. How sad it is in many pulpits and many ministers across America that they're there to be seen by men. But they are not there because they are called by God. Now, I know when this sermon hits the radio, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. So y'all might want to start fasting and praying now. But they're not called by God because when you're putting weights of burdens on people and legalistic and 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 telling people that if they don't tithe and send to your ministry that they're going to somehow live under a curse. But if they do send a tithe and they do send to their ministry, then you will pray. And when you pray, God will hear. And God will answer and God will set you free. That is wrong. And that's sin. You know what? How about this? Why don't you pray? Don't call the prayer line. Why don't you pray? Isn't it easy just to dial the 800 number instead of, hey, you know what? Turn the TV off. Turn your cell phone off. Turn your laptop off and get on your knees and pray. And God will hear you too. Hey, he's giving you access. I got to move on. False leaders, they have no spirituality. And then point number five, false leaders, they have no humility. 
Look at verse 6 and 7. They love to be honored and exalted, appreciated. They love the best seats at the feast. They love to walk in and look around the room for the recliner or the beanbag. You know, they had those in the Bible, nothing new under the sun. On the platform, and you know, they, they love to sit down and, you know, be seen of men. And how many people, again, still do that today? Many times in many churches, the ministers are invited to sit on the platform. I can't tell you how many churches I've been in. It's like, with all the ministers in the house, please stand. And you stand and they go, no, we want to ask you to come up here and sit with us. And of course, there's the, the big chair with a crushed velvet upholstery. Have you noticed there's no big chair and crushed velvet upholstery up here? Have you noticed that? If we ever get a big chair with crushed velvet upholstery, be afraid. Be very afraid. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know what's wrong. What is up with that? I mean, wh- why is it that the ministers have to sit in the big chair? I don't understand. Why don't they just sit down there? Why not just worship the Lord down there and then come up here and preach the word? And when you're done with that, why not just go down there? Why do you have to come from the side door? You emerge, you know, it's almost like you come up out of the floor, you know, you know, and here you are and you sit down in your chair and you look out. I got stories, y'all, but, I, you know, this one church I went to and the pastor came from the side door and he came out and he sat down back straight looking deep. And then he got up. And he went out, and he came back. He had changed his clothes. And that's what I said. Oh, my God. I said, why? Why did you do that? I don't understand that. Well, why? I mean, why? You don't need to do it. See, that's just the attention of men. You understand what I'm saying? It's the attention of men. You want everybody to see that you are the pastor. You know what's a wonderful thing? When people come here to Calvary Chapel, and they say, you know what? I didn't even know who the pastor was. That's, that's good, honestly, you know, that's good. You know, the temptation is, you know, Satan wanted to use that kind of stuff. The temptation is, you know, hey, listen, y'all better recognize. But, 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 the, but the temptation, you know, oh, yeah, I want, yeah, I want y'all to know who the pastor is. Oh, yeah, uh-huh, that's me, that's me, I'm the pastor. You know? Attention, man. See, Satan will try to use that. It's a wonderful thing when people come in, they go, you know what? I didn't even know who the pastor was. And then, then one time I came up, I was worshiping down there, not up here. You know, I was down there, and then I came up here and, and preached the word. And, and, and I can always tell who the visitors are because their mouth is open when I start preaching. They're like, <laughs> you know? And then one time I went out, two story, one time I went out and well, pastor, I, my first time here, I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't know you were the pastor. I mean, I, I thought you were the music guy. I said, well, something has to change. No. But, but see, that's the way it's supposed to be. You're not, there's no big eyes and little U's in the kingdom of God. You, you understand what I'm saying? And so these guys, they didn't have any humility. 
And they wore phylacteries, these little leather boxes. And inside these boxes, we talked about it, was the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, which tells them that they should love the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, and soul. And, and, and there's only one God. Inside those boxes were these little verses. And it's very interesting because after time went on and these Pharisees who wore these phylacteries, these little leather boxes on their heads and on their hands, as time went on and as more spiritual they got, true story, these boxes would actually get bigger. So they would get like the, you know, triple extra large phylactery box, you know, and maybe they were the tumbling Pharisees because, you know, they couldn't bend over. And they even taught, believe it or not, that God himself wore a phylactery and that God spent three hours a day in study. I I don't know. God studying that just doesn't hit me. And then they would broaden their borders of their garments. In Numbers chapter 15, they were told on the corners of their robes, they were to have these blue stitches to remind them of their heavenly calling. And then over time, these borders even got bigger and bigger and bigger to show how heavenly they were. And all of this was done to be seen of men. And then notice in verse 8, Jesus says, don't be called rabbi or father or reverend. In other words, these guys love titles because they were prideful and ambitious. And they love to be called Reverend Doctor Most Eminent Theologian. They loved it. Psalm 111 verse 9 says, Holy and Reverend is His name. Only God is Reverend. From time to time I get mail and on it it says, Reverend Rodney Finch. And I think, They obviously don't know me that well. The word reverend, you know what it means? It means awesome. I mean, that just doesn't fit anybody's name, now does it? Awesome Rodney. (laughs) It does have a nice ring, but but it doesn't really... I mean, you know, only the Lord is awesome. Amen, saints? Only God is. You see, Jesus says, listen, these guys, they want want to sit up on the stage. They want to wear their nice clothes. They want to draw attention to their spirituality and be called awesome. And this is what they love. And they do all of that just so men can see them. Our last and final two points quickly. True spiritual leaders. Notice our number one, humble. You find that in verses 8 through 10. You want to find a true spiritual leader? That's a person of humility. Jesus says, listen, you guys, you, 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 you're brothers. So there's no need to call anyone father. Think about this. Paul, the apostle, planted churches. And because of Paul, the churches continues to thrive and exist throughout all the quarters of time of history. And we never find any reference to Paul calling himself Bishop Paul. Amen. Apostle, yes, because that was his calling. That was his Service Apostle just simply means sent one, a messenger who is sent. That's it. But, but you don't see him call himself Pope Paul. Somebody else took that title. He doesn't call himself Pope Paul. He says Paul. He's an apostle of Jesus Christ. And you don't need pretentious titles because we're all brothers. Jesus says don't be called teacher, father, rabbi, or reverend. Why? Because when you give people titles, you put distance between you and the people in the pews. Jesus says don't do that. And then our final point, true spiritual leaders are servants. We find that in verses 11 through 12. True spiritual leaders accept lowly task. True spiritual leaders are servants. And if you're going to be like Jesus, then you need to be a servant. 
willing to wash feet, John 13. And then lastly, Jesus says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You see, we talked about this. The way up is down. And when you humble yourself, God exalts you. And when you exalt yourself, God will humble you. Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, he said this in closing. He said, the way to rise is to sink self. The lower we fall in our esteem, the higher we rise in our master's estimation. And I love that. And may we as God's people, listen, walk humbly before God. Don't ever be prideful. You guys pray for the leaders here. You pray for the church that we would continue to walk humbly. Remember Micah? He has shown thee, O man, Micah 6, 8, what is good and what the Lord requires of thee to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before our God. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.